Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. What are you going to be watching for Sunday, and then how do you think it's going to unfold? The biggest thing is this game is going to be won and lost in the trenches. We all know what Winnipeg does and their strength, and they're not going to try and shy away from it. They want to run the ball and be physical with their offensive line. It's really going to be bully ball, and you're going to have to show up with your big boy pads on, and you're going to have to try and for lack of a better term, punch him in the face because that's what Winnipeg is trying to do to you. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Monday, everybody. Hey, hey. Welcome to a brand new week. It is a daytime sports talk on the air. One half from South Florida, the other from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And isn't that something? That's kind of what the show's going to be for today and, and the week. A mix of sun, snow, Hockey, football, and whatever else tickles your fancy. And uh, let's bring in the lovely and talented co-host of the program, the Moose, Darren DuPont, the cleanly shaved, shorn CEO. Hey, what's with the Jets gear, brother? I didn't have any Bombers gear, so I wore my Jets gear. How about, How about that? that? Hey, I thought it was appropriate. That? You're all I'm about, like, all about Winnipeg. Winnipeg today. That's right. Yeah, I love it. Well, hello, Winnipeg. Congratulations to all of Manitoba, where they enjoy the program daily on Game Plus Television, carried on the Bell MTS cable package. We are live across all 10 provinces in Canada and 31 states in the U.S. and live around the world on YouTube. Hey, it's it's going to be a lot of football today. It's a very big day in Canada. The, the Canadian football season is officially over, what with the exciting conclusion in overtime of the 180, uh, 108th Grey Cup on Sunday. And we got a very special guest. It was a last-minute guest. And I thank producer Clark for uh, the jam and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to get this done. Adam Bighill is going to be joining us from Burlington, Ontario, the team's hotel in about an hour and a half, Moose, just before they catch a flight home to Winnipeg for what will be, I'm sure, a raucous, wild affair in the manitoba capital so that's all coming up biggie but also in hour one robert vanstone the esteemed rob vanstone post media hall of fame columnist he'll have some thoughts on a lot of the things we're going to talk about here today and uh, also canadian football hall of famer nick lewis will be with us but uh darren before we go any further i'm interested to get your take on this the great western weekend photo album great western brewing company let's have a look at what all of our weekends entailed and i'm not sure what all you guys weekends entailed we're going to have a look at it here. And we invite our viewers to uh, submit their photos. This was me watching Grey Cup Sunday, the great Brian Williams. I'm Brian Williams, hanging it up after however many years. I don't think they said. 
50, 60 years <laughs> broadcasting with TSN and CBC. I got a tear in my eye. I got choked up. Moose, did you? Did you watch the yeah. tribute to Brian Williams? Of course. I'm Brian Un- Williams. Unbelievable. He's one of the greatest ever. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever was speaking, I can't remember who they said, his fascination with time zones, the time and times, they brought it up. Yeah. 9.30 here in Victoria. That makes it 12.27 in Newfoundland. That's pretty Just, good. I got choked up. Yeah. Oh, can we move on before I lose it again? That's my Grey Cup Saturday in the Florida Keys. First time Moose ever kayaking. Okay. Ever. I picked you the do? Florida Keys to do it. Uh, well, I'm still feeling it. Let's put it that way. But as the general manager of the Tri-City Americans hockey team said to me, Bob Torrey, he wrote in on my Instagram. He goes, no life jacket. I said, correct. The water's like four feet deep. I'm look pretty at, sure I could have rolled out of the boat. Look at of. the left of that photo. There's a little dark spot right behind the boat. It kind of just looks like a gator or something's coming out of the water. Probably kinda, was. Kind of freaks me was. out a little bit. Okay, and here's my weekend. This my is weekend's, your Friday. Yeah, my weekend started Friday night calling the uh, Pats game. Um, it was Teddy Bear Toss night. So that was cool. Everybody threw their stuffed animals. And it's changed, Rod. The teddy bear toss has evolved. There was a stuffed fish on the ice. There was a stuffed alligator on the ice. And then a bunch of bears, obviously. So that was Friday. Saturday was in Saskatoon at the Rush game, which, guess what? It was teddy bear toss there, too, at the uh, Rush game. But that was their home opener. Good crowd. Fun atmosphere. Awesome to be back. Good to see everybody around the Blades and the Rush organization. So well done. That was really cool. And then this is where I watched the uh, Grey Cup. Snapped that from my Instagram in front of the Christmas tree. When the Grey Cup comes out, it's always special. So that was my weekend. Love it. Love it. Well, we invite our viewers to send their photos in as well, courtesy of the Great Western Brewing Company weekend photo album. Extra smooth, extra refreshing. Find Original 16 at a store near you today. And I don't know if you saw the tweets, but there was a lot of our viewers that said uh, the RP show tipped the scales. They got Great Western Pilsner to, for their Great Cup party on Sunday because of this show. So I thank those that did that uh, leading off uh, Tank Abbott and Esteban. He started something. Okay. Can we hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? Please and thank you. We're already five minutes into segment one, so I suspect this is going to carry over into segment two. And as I said, a lot of football, a lot of hockey, and some lacrosse here in this whole quick six show topic thing here, Moose. But we got to start with the 108th Grey Cup, which aired on ESPN2. It's never perfect, of course. The entire Grey Cup Sunday pregame show actually aired on ESPN News, but they kept flashing 109th Grey Cup, 109th Grey Cup. I'm like, you're a little ahead, boys. But that's okay. At least they were showing it. And then in the game, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33-25 in overtime to repeat as Grey Cup champions. Zach Caleros, the Cincinnati Bearcat alum, threw a 13-yard touchdown pass to Darvin Adams in overtime. Kyrie Wilson, bomber linebacker, sealed Winnipeg's victory by intercepting Hamilton's Jeremiah Masoli, an Ole Miss product whose pass deflected off two defenders on the ensuing possession. So we got to spend a minute here on this Grey Cup game. And I know that we had a lot of our American viewers were watching the game on American TV. It was scintillating. It was perfect temperatures. It was probably high 40s in Fahrenheit. It was uh, high single-digit Celsius. So the field conditions were perfect. The game was great. Listen, I even feel like an idiot talking about it, Darren, because we're going to have Adam Big Hill come on an hour, too. Everybody wants to hear from Big Hill. Most outstanding defensive player in the league and 
star linebacker for Winnipeg. But here, here's my thinking. When I said in my morning commentary, Darren, that I didn't care who won, it's not because I'm like, oh, I don't care. No, I'll be happy with either side winning, primarily for Jeff Reinbold on the Hamilton side, their special teams coordinator and good friend of ours, and then a lot of our friends on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers side of things. But more than anything, I was cheering for Winnipeg. We got a lot of viewers there, and I was happy for them. But let's just not forget, early fourth quarter, Hamilton was up 12 points. And I tweeted, hey, if Hamilton wins this thing, because they have the longest drought in the league for a championship, the next longest team is Montreal. And I had Ticats fans writing me going, you're jinxing it. Why would you do that? Because I can. I'm pretty sure me sitting here in South Florida tweeting about the winner of this game is not going to affect what's happening out there. So, and then, of course, sorry, but they blow it. And um, is it Tim White, the returner, conceded a rouge, made a two-point game, a three-point game? Did he cost them the... Did he, with two minutes to go, giving up a single point on the kickoff, did he cost the Ticats the game, Darren? Yes. Yay. I know. I don't want, like... I saw it on social compared to the 13th man. I don't know if this is quite the same because when he does that, there's no result in doubt. It doesn't change the result. It does, you know, in that moment, it's not like you had the game won. Now, it affected the outcome, absolutely, pretty well after, but they still have to go down the field. You know, but equally as, as wild as, as that was not getting in from the five-yard line at the end. You had, you had chances. You know, you need to score there. But you know what? If he doesn't take the single. And my question, too, is it looked like there was room. And they said on the broadcast that there was room for him to run, too. So I don't think it was a massive field position advantage he was getting by kneeling it down. Usually that's the case. And people are talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, who would have called this in? They should be fired. And he listened to them. Whoever gave him the instruction to kneel down. Well, nobody gave him the instruction to kneel down. But you're just kind of in your head in this Canadian football that when it goes into the end zone, you take the single because they don't want to get the single. They want to pin you deep. And you don't care about a single point because you want the better field position. Well, situationally in that game, when it's a two-point game, and you have a chance to win with a field goal, that's really tough. There was no reason to take the single on that one. That was, that was tough to swallow. Those are some of our Grey Cup thoughts, but we're going to be spending a lot on that throughout this uh, program today, over two hours on daytime sports talk because it was the last game of the CFL season. But to hockey in point two, the National Hockey League has postponed the Calgary Flames' next three games after six players and a staff member entered the league's COVID-19 protocol over a 24-hour period. The Flames announced this morning that forwards Elias Lindholm, Andrew Mangiapani, Brad Richardson, and Adam Ruzica and defenseman Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov were in the protocol. Postponed games include tonight's game at Chicago, Tuesday's game at Nashville, and Thursday's home game against Toronto. And uh, today's poll question was Clark's idea, and I think it's a good one. In light of this, does the NHL send players to the Olympics in Beijing, China, And I put the poll up less than an hour ago. At this point, 67% of respondents saying, no, the NHL won't send their players to the Olympics. And uh, I don't know, do we have enough of a sample size, Clark, on YouTube for, what is it? 61% yes, Darren. So I guess I spent a minute on that. We got a lot of time here in the warm-up. 
And then you're going to vacate for a lot of the show when Rob Vanstone and Nick Lewis come in and Adam Big Hill too. So listen, for me, the last Olympics did not have NHLers, right? I am 50-50. Knowing NHL players the way that I do, sorry to say, a lot of them will be like, are we getting paid? No, you're not. Uh, then I don't want to go. Would I? That's just my sense. And when you throw COVID into it, why would we go? Represent the country? Eh, we can do that in other international competition. I would vote no. The players don't go to Beijing. And not, I don't, not that any of that has anything to do with what's happened with the Calgary Flames here, but that's our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. What's your thoughts on that? I disagree. Now, I don't know the players as well as you do, but I would think they want to go. I would think Nemet. Now, again, I'm I'm generalizing Olympics. I'm not talking about this specific Olympics. I think the Olympics matter, and I and I really, I wasn't too into the hockey when. I mean, I was still into it. It's Canada. It's the Olympics. I'm into it, but it's it needs to have the NHL players. I really believe that. That's that's what I know. That's what I think it should be. The best on best all the time. And I think playing for your country matters. I think the players. You see it on the ice and their reactions. 2010. You saw it. I think it matters. Um, now with COVID and everything, do I think they'll go? I'm probably in the middle. I think you got a lot of players who will say, yeah, I'll go. I'm not worried. I'll be safe. I'll follow the protocols we're in, but you'll get some players who will be like, it's not worth it right now. You know, we missed one Olympics. Let's just miss another one and we'll be back the next time. So I, I don't know where the, where they'll go on the Olympics, but, uh, yeah, it's starting to become a little bit of a concern because we're seeing more of these COVID shutdowns pop up. We got a lot of viewers here, and uh, somebody just wrote in Mark with a C, and he says, "Good, solid point, Darren. You generally understand me. What did I say to you on the phone this morning, Darren? You don't understand me totally, but you understand me better than most. Yeah. But you misunderstood what I was saying there, and that is, this is not a normal Olympics. A normal Olympics, yes, they all want to play and represent their country. In this environment, with COVID and everything that they're going through, add to the: Are we being paid?" Kind of like you draw up lists of pros and cons. Yeah. There's more cons than pros to going to Beijing this year. Does that clarify more of it's my It's kind of like going that? into the mine, right? Like, you know, we see it around here in the potash mines. It's like, okay, I'm going to go underground and breathe all that eight hours a day. Am I getting some danger pay for this? Right? It's a little different circumstance than just going into the uh, sixth floor on the office building, right? I get it for sure. Totally. Right. Uh, Jack Fulton watching in Alberta. Says, says a lot of ifs and buts in the 108th Grey Cup as far as why Hamilton didn't win or should have won, but they didn't win. Congratulations to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. For sure. And, you know, with uh, we'll be sitting here all day talking about the Grey Cup, which is fine. On that comparison to the 13th man, believe me, I get it because for the viewers that don't know, very last play of the game, my team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, got caught with too many men on the field. They had the game won, then got flagged for having too many men. Subsequent play, they lost. Oh! And as the players said to me on that team, Rod, if anybody ever says to you that a football game doesn't come down to one play, you can tell them they're full of beep. So I guess they're saying this particular instance came down to one play. It's interesting because I was talking to some football guys this morning about this sort of was white instructed to give up the single by the coaching staff. And then you saw after the game, Orlando Steinauer, the head coach saying, um, we gave him the option to bring it out or not. <laughs> Thanks. 
It, tremendous coach, that Orlando Steinauer. There's no two ways about it. But really, tell them what you want him to do. It's a championship game. And it made a two-point game a three-point game. That tells I'm me they didn't you say anything. In the game. Yeah, probably. And, and, they're, and they're sick, which, again, one of the coaches I talked to today, he's in the States. But he was watching the game, and he goes, well, I don't know whether Orlando told him to or not, but did you see him after? He looked like he'd been shot. He looked stunned. Yeah. Orlando Steinauer. So it's not exactly taking the blame off the kid. It's his choice. We told him, you do what you want to do. <laughs> Gee, well, thanks. A lot of times in life and business and in sports, you know, we're sitting there as a coach. We know. We see it. Okay, he's going to bring this out. We're going to be Okay. Jeremiah, you're going to have roughly, you know, this much time, a couple minutes, less than a couple minutes. You'll be at your, you know, 15, 20-yard line. He's not bringing it out, you know? And you just assume that everybody's thinking the same way you are, and they've, you know, understood the situation and everything else. And, you know, in that situation, now coaches are going to, you know, be a little bit more apt to say, do you know what you're doing on this play? Do you always know what you're doing? Sometimes you just trust guys or you just assume that they know and, not saying that's what necessarily what happened, but his reaction kind of tells the story. Orlando's after that play, no doubt. Right. By the way, I told you this last week. I'll say it again today. Every single morning, my feet hit the floor, and I'm excited to do this show. And today has not disappointed. We're only two points into our quick six, so we need to break and come back, and we've got NFL Week 14, I promise to speed it up. Some NHL Sunday highlight games. Connor Bedard making the World Juniors team at 16 years of age. NLL from the weekend, National Lacrosse League. And we got to talk about Bo Levi Mitchell on the TSN panel of the Grey Cup. That's seven topics, okay? Yes. We got a lot to get to when we come back, along with Rob Vanstone, Nick Lewis, and Adam Big Hill. You're watching the RP Show. It's daytime sports talk on Game Plus TV. YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is a brand new week. Episode number 632. Uh, the Rod Peterson Show is at hand, and we're just right in the middle of the warm-up here. We're like literally halfway through it, maybe even a third of the way through it. Uh, that is on the beach uh, here in South Florida, and if we can bring the moose in, he is in the bunker in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. I just got to say this, because we're coming off the weekend, man. I was chatting with a lot of my Florida friends, and they yeah. come here every day for the hockey. They come for the hockey. And I said, guys... Just chill. We got the rest of... They don't know what the winter is here, right? They don't know what it is. Right. There's... I've been sitting around going, what season is it? It's 28 degrees Celsius here today. You know what I mean? But I'm like, just yeah. chill. It's the day after the Great Cup, guys. Just sit, just sit back and enjoy. I don't bark at the TV when I watch Get Up every morning because they're not talking about the NHL. But they are talking NFL, and that's the point of the Americans is they can get the NFL literally anywhere. However, that's not to say that it doesn't have a huge fan base in Canada, too. So we'll, let's pick up. We're almost, I'm only at point three here. NFL Week 14, some of the highlights, Moose. Aaron Rodgers threw for 341 yards and four touchdowns to continue his mastery of the NFL's oldest rivalry. 
Packers erased a six-point halftime deficit to beat the Chicago Bears 45-30. As Corey Patterson pointed out to me, he's in Tallahassee, Florida, former Regina Pat, longtime pro hockey player. He goes, do you understand the CFL game tonight is being played in a more southern location than the Sunday night football game? Go look at a map. Look it up. Hamilton, Ontario, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hamilton's further south. How about that? That's something. How about that? It's actually, it was colder in Green Bay. So these are the things that we talk about. Uh, Micah Parsons sacked Taylor Heineke twice and forced a fumble that was returned for a touchdown, helping the Dallas Cowboys make good on Mike McCarthy's guarantee of winning Cowboys down the Washington football team. What was it? 27-24, I think it was something like that. Snapped Washington's win streak at four. Moose's Tennessee Titans were on the other side of a turnover fest by getting four interceptions in their first home shutout in more than two decades. Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, Christian Fulton, and Buster Scrine picked off passes from rookie Trevor Lawrence, who hadn't thrown multiple interceptions in a game since his NFL debut. What was it, Darren? 24 nothing. I didn't write the score down. 27 nothing. That's right. 27? Okay. So. so from one of our viewers, James Zylstra is watching in Winnipeg, and he wants to know what I think about the Monday Nighter. It's Rams at Arizona Cardinals tonight. Los Angeles can clinch a playoff berth with a win, but I don't think that's going to be enough motivation. Cardinals are favored by 2.5 at our exclusive betting partner, betregal.net. I'm taking the Cardinals to cover. That's me. What's your uh, take on that, Moose? Yeah, I take the Cardinals in that one, too. They're the best team in football. Okay. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are. And they seem two. like they're on, they're on a on a roll, um, just a, you know for the season. And they've got most of their players back. They're they're impact players. You know whether it's Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. They are a team that's ready. And there's no real weaknesses. They've got a decent run game. They've got weapons in the receiving core. Their defense is good. Secondary is pretty good, right? And LA is just in a weird spot. You know they really miss. Um, some key people. Um, they haven't really got OBJ involved enough yet in the offense. There's question marks in their backfield. Matt Stafford's been prone to making some mistakes. They haven't been as creative as we are knowing the Rams to be. So I don't, yeah, I'm with Arizona. Take the Cardinals to cover. We got to pick it up. We got we to gotta condense our thoughts. Jason Wall watching Writing in on YouTube, he says, I'm sipping on a mimosa, enjoying bacon and eggs, watching Fireside on the Patio from the beautiful Wigwam Golf Country Club and Resort in Litchfield Park, Arizona. Welcome. From Jeff, the Stamps fan. This will get an eye roll, but no less true. The real MVP of Grey Cup 108 was Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, hold on to your bingo cards on that one. And John Kirby in Edmonton wants to know our thoughts on four downs versus three downs. Uh, I don't know why the commissioner would put this out on Friday in his news car or wherever it came. You're talking about changing the CFL to four downs. Um, write it down. Monday, December 13th, the Canadian football league will never abandon three downs for four downs. Clip it. Put it in the IG story, never going to happen, and shame on whoever brought this up. I don't know if you were looking for clicks, fake news, whatever. It's never going to happen, and I'm moving on to point four. Just some NHL highlights from Sunday because it's already Monday afternoon here. Make it four wins in a row for the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Patterson and Brock Besser scored. And Vancouver defeated the Carolina Hurricanes 2-1. Canucks still unbeaten under Bruce Boudreau. Moose, 
quickly, is this just a usual post new coach spike? Yes. Or are they that good? Little of column A, little of column B. They're a, they're a better team than they showed. Um, and this is the post new coach spike, though, too. I agree. Um, Andre Burakovsky notched his first career hat trick in the Colorado Avalanche, beat the Florida Panthers 3 2 in the National Hockey League. Don't! Panthers back home from the roadie and home to the Ottawa Senators Tuesday night at FLA Live Arena. I'll be there. As will Thad, the manager of the Beach House, who was going home Friday night to catch the Coyotes and the Panthers at 10 p.m. Eastern. He thought the Panthers were going to lose in Arizona. Can you believe that? It was number one versus number 32. And the, and the Panthers won, by the way. Um, Canada's junior hockey team runs the gamut as we move on to point five. Canada's junior men's hockey team runs the gamut from seasoned pros to a 16-year-old. Cole Perfetti, mum's spaghetti, with over 50 professional games under his belt. And Connor Bedard, who becomes the seventh 16-year-old in Hockey Canada history, were among 25 players named Sunday to the World Junior roster. Three goalies, eight D-men, and 14 forwards comprised the host team for the World Under-20 Men's Hockey Tournament, co-hosted by Edmonton and Red Deer. Beginning Boxing Day, Canada opens the tourney against the Czech Republic at Edmonton's Rogers Place. Please don't waste your time by asking me, not you, the viewers, and those that are writing me on social media, Rod, what do you think about Bedard making the World Junior team at 16? I thought he should have made it at 15. And Moose, you now know me through 632 shows. I don't say stuff just to get a reaction. I full-on believe he could have played last year, and they could have used him in the gold medal final. So did you ever for one second think that he wasn't going to make the world junior team? Well, it wasn't 100% locked that he was going to make this team. But I know Connor, and I know that when he's got the lights on him, he doesn't wither up and die. He shows. And Alan Miller, you saw his comments. He was on TSN, and he said, Connor just said, there's no way you're not putting me on this team with his play in the camp. And they had no choice. He said, we had no choice. He pl- the way he played, we have to put him on the team. Um, Adam Ridioff is watching in Hamilton. He says, good day, Rod and Moose. The Grey Cup was a great experience. The Ticats had their chance to put it away and unfortunately came up short but you couldn't ask for a more entertaining game. Oski wee wee. Do you have that book on the coffee table there? Absolutely. That was from Adam. That's from Adam Ridioff in Hamilton. Just tell the, tell the viewers about that, please. Yeah. Uh, tell me to my face. It's the Angela Mosca story. Um, so pretty cool. Steve Milton uh, is there writing the book as well. So we haven't cracked this yet. Just arrived. So excited to get this into your hands, Rod. So you can read it, and excited to give it a read myself. So uh, the Angela Moscow. Me tell me that was written face. under the same. That was written under the same umbrella or the same roof as my book, Green Magic on the Rough Riders, uh, that came out in two thousand eight. Lulu Publishing. So that's right. Uh, thank you, Adam, for that, and I can't wait to crack into it. Um, point six. I had split between NLL slash Bo Levi Mitchell and TSN. Let's start with Bo, um, the general in Calgary. And by the way, the Americans, my new friends in South Florida, are scintillated, tickled pink with this Rod and Bo Levi Mitchell feud, which is kind of pretty much over. I'm like, you're jumping on it a little late, boy. But they think it's great. And uh, the general in Calgary says, Bo Levi broadcasting. Does this mean perhaps he's done with football? Eh? 
And I see Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in and says, uh, General, I doubt it. Bo will be a coach when he's done. Well, I don't expect that probably to be for another five, six, seven years at least. What's Bo's right around 30 right now, I think. Listen, I'd like to think I know broadcasters and broadcasting. I've been in the business over 30 friggin' years. And I thought he was very good. And when I say that, it's not just what he said. Any football guy can come on and spout good football information. It was the way that he said it. Right? His, his inflection, his tone, his cadence. Sorry for those that don't understand, but that is a thing. And he talked about the wind. Well, one of the football guys I talked to this morning was like, all the points were scored with the wind. And this is a coin flip game, which I think was Bo's term during the broadcast. He was really good. And for Jeff, the Stamps fan here who says that Bo will be a coach when he's done, maybe because he'll probably have a lot to offer. But how well do we know Bo? Do we know that Bo, because he's such a natural at quarterbacking, could can he naturally coach? Gretzky couldn't. I'm not saying that Bo is the Wayne Gretzky of coaching, but the, the broadcasting seems to come very naturally to him. What he said was very good. And I tweeted this yesterday that Bo is already the number two analyst on TSN behind Milt Stiegel. And I actually believe that. I, th I thoroughly enjoyed it. And as many of my friends with the Stamps have said, you know, if you guys were on the same team, you guys would be thick as thieves. But you're not, and you hate each other. How many times have we seen that? That happens all the time. So, bravo, Bo Levi Mitchell on the TSN broadcast. What did you think? I thought it, I thought it was good. It was a nice change of pace. I thought, you know, he added a little bit of flavor. It took him a little time to get comfortable, but... Not long at all. And I thought he filled in. I thought, you know, he knew his spots to hit. He knew when to get in, when to get out. And, you know, those that are saying, you know, is this mean he's done? No, no, no. They bring current players, current coaches that don't make championship games onto broadcast crews to be part of games. So this is no indication of Bo's future playing career. Um, Craig in Calgary watching on Game Plus TV says, what I love about Bo is that he is truly a fan of the game. Awesome analyst from Darren in Salt Lake City says Bo Levi in the broadcasting booth needs to come with a warning label. Handle with care. I don't know if I'd go that far, but some some subtitles would have helped. There's a little bit of Texas swing in there that I couldn't completely <laughs> decipher. Um, and just on the coaching thing with Bo, I don't know. Like I've talked to Matt Dunnigan about this. Matt would rather coach. Sorry to say. But I said to Matt years ago, I said, does broadcasting kind of scratch the itch of football? He's like, nah, nah. But it pays well. And when Lapalise was in the broadcast booth for years, I said, Lapo, are you going to stay in the booth? No. He's like, um, it pays the same as a coordinator, but he just, it's not the same for them. So for Bo, if he would, likes the competition of it, he will probably will coach. If he likes being able to sleep at night in terms of no stress or pressure. Yeah. He'll probably stay on the air. Look at Henry Burris was going to be a broadcaster forever. And then the Chicago bears called and he jumped at it. The first, we thought Hank was going to be on TSN for 50 years. Yeah. First chance he had to coach and it's in the NFL and he's gone. So it's stability. Money's decent. Uh, it's a case by case scenario. Last point before we bring in Vanstone. NLL. A hat trick by Hayden Dixon in a seven-point game by Jesse King gave the Calgary Roughnecks an 11-10 win over the Saskatchewan Rush Saturday for their first victory of the NLL season. Jeff Shatler, big friend of the show, had three goals for the Rush, who are now 0-2. Moose, we'll see you back here for hour two, okay? Sounds good. 
The Leader Post's Rob Vanstone joins us next in Post Media. You're watching the RP Show. Daytime Sports Talk coming your way on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's the RP Show. It's a brand new week. Sneaking in a couple of quick texts here. Mason Harris writes in. Mason is watching in Winnipeg. He says, Rod, the Winnipeg O-line did not get one holding penalty in their two playoff games. Yes, they're good, but calls were missed and could have made a big difference in the outcomes. That's from Mason in Winnipeg, believe it or not. Uh, Craig in Calgary watching on Game Plus TV says, I would like to hear CFL guys' legitimate argument for three downs beyond that's not like the game I saw with my dad at Empire Stadium. Things evolved says Craig in Calgary. just want to remind you that we are brought to you in part by Tough Tribe for Men. It, cont it contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants. Traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits, we are part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men. Available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four, toughtribeformen.com and Amazon Canada. And yes, I'm using it. So is Rob Vanstone, I'm sure, the award-winning columnist from Post Media. How are you doing, RV? Not too bad. How are you doing, Rod? I'm not sure I, I, I'm in keeping with your clean beauty theme here. Uh, sorry to ruin the aesthetics of your program. <laughs> At least there's palm trees in the background. It's beautiful. Any day with you on the show is beautiful no matter what. Okay, great cup. 108. Winnipeg in overtime beats Hamilton 33-25. Your thoughts? Go. I had Winnipeg. I was close to the Winnipeg score. I had them getting 38 points. I had uh, Hamilton getting 12. So I guess I was a little low on that one. Uh, it, it sure looked like in the fourth quarter that uh, Hamilton was going to win that game. Even when they got down to the five-yard line for the first and goal on the five, it seemed to me that Hamilton was going to win that game. Once it got to overtime, I had no illusions that Hamilton was going to win. They had their chance. They didn't take advantage of it. And ultimately, the better team won, as was the case in, in the West Division final. But the the, the Blue Bombers, as dominant as they were in the regular season, sure had to scratch and claw for both of their uh, playoff victories. Darren and I wanted to debate this earlier. We ran out of time. I'll ask you now. The halftime performance by the Arkells. It's not a football issue, but I'm giving them the thumbs up. I'm not a fan of that genre of music, but I thought the show was good. The sound was good and the music was good. What did you think of the halftime show? Well, I'm a jazz guy, so I would have preferred, uh, I don't know, the Peter Beats trio. But <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that would have the widespread appeal, but man, they're good. Um, you know what I liked? I liked that there was a real drummer. There were real people on the horns. There were real singers. There was a real, real musicians. There was none of this electronic stuff. And the energy that that, uh, that, that group was able to produce, especially as the, the halftime show reached a crescendo, was, was invigorating. Even for, a, for someone yeah. like me who needs a, a 8,000 volt battery to get up in the morning. I just, uh, I really like the energy behind it. And I like the musicianship and I don't listen to that at all, but I thought it was, it was really well done. And I've, I don't know when, that's got to be the first time there's ever been a trombone in a Great Cup halftime show. Maybe, maybe back in 1915, <laughs> but certainly not in the, in the modern, modern context. Literally, as long as it's Canadian, I'm happy. And I thought they did a great show. I thought the whole thing came off very well. And the, and the good field conditions helped. 
but for the wind, of course. And before we get into that, the way that uh, affected the game, how about the concession of the Rouge with just under two minutes to go, making a two-point game, a three-point game? Rob, did that cost the Hamilton Tiger Cats the game in your mind, that decision by Tim White? To a degree. I mean, when you consider that they got down to the five-yard line with ample time to get in, that was probably more costly. They were able to get far enough that they were in position to score a touchdown. Whereas I think you thought when they were accepting the kickoff, they just want to kick a game-winning field goal. It was, I thought it was a tall order to go as far as they did going into that prohibitive wind. But once they got down there, I think it was the uh, the ill-fated decision to run on first down. And then the pass, it was just tipped in front of Acklin there for the touchdown. And, and then I just wondered how, how brazen would a coach have to be to go for the win on third down there? <laughs> do, you, do you take your chances and think, okay, Winnipeg has been so formidable this year. Do we really want to get go to overtime against them? Maybe maybe you go for it there. But uh, that was an unlikely decision. But the, I look at that rouge and the kickoff was a line drive too so you would think that that the returner would have had been able to get a pretty decent return given the lack of trajectory on the kickoff and maybe he gets the ball out to the 30 or 35 anyway i just don't understand the decision to take the rouge there not very often a point comes down to a point being so debatable but in that case i think it's certainly a, a literally a point of contention Fantastic game. I was on pins and needles, which is saying something because I didn't, I literally didn't care who won. I've been, would have been happy either way. The excitement was off the charts. But to other things, RV, I've learned Chris Jones will interview with the Edmonton Elks this week. And the desire to bring in Mike O'Shea as a potential coach and GM combo is very real too. So how do you feel about that news coming out during Great Cup week? I'd be surprised if Mike O'Shea left Winnipeg. There is the carrot of course, of being a general manager. And that's what initially drew uh, Chris Jones to Saskatchewan. Kyle Walters isn't going to be leaving that position anytime soon in Winnipeg, nor should he. Um, I would think it'd be a real tough sell to get Mike O'Shea out of Winnipeg. That just seems to be such a nice fit for him. Uh, Chris Jones, uh, Edmonton needs to rebuild itself quickly. And, and you might think, okay, Chris Jones isn't going to be a long-term solution. Although if he coaches one game in, as, as a, in a second tenure with Edmonton, it'd be longer than Scott Milanovic coached there. But I don't think they can really be looking at the long-term right now. They've got to be thinking, we've got to repair the product. We've got to repair the, the perception of this organization. And if you bring in Chris Jones, I think it's, it's a quick fix. And that's probably what they need. And if you look at what Chris Jones was able to do coming into Saskatchewan. Granted, the first year wasn't a, it wasn't a huge success, but he was able to put a lot of the pieces in place. And some of them are still paying off for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And you can't talk about the, the, the resurgence of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders without attributing some of the credit or a lot of the credit to Chris Jones. And that's what Edmonton needs right now. Uh, he probably won't be there for a long time, but they don't, I don't think they're in the position where they can look ahead and think three or four years down the road. They've got to regain credibility on and off the field very quickly. And Chris Jones would give them that. There, Then he would be the guy based on that. Uh, hey, CFL going to four downs, completely ridiculous. I say it will never happen as long as you and I draw a breath. Where did this even come from? And do you agree? Well, I just don't see where it would make sense. If, if, you, if you do that, then you're just, you're just a really, you're just an impersonator of other football leagues that are out there, most notably the National Football League. I think you need your niche. I think you need something that makes the game really distinctive. And if you make it four downs, wouldn't that just make teams more inclined to, to run the ball as opposed to throw the ball, especially with the defense? People might may say, the, yeah, that they're throwing the ball a lot, 
and more successfully in the National Football League with four downs and a compressed field. But you also have to remember there's a yard between the between the offensive and defensive lines, and I think that makes it more inviting to run than it would be in the uh, in the National Football League. So if you were going to go to four downs, maybe you'd have to go to 15, four downs for 15 yards to make it equitable. I think it might be uh, it might have unintended consequences. You, we saw on Sunday. And we saw at various points during the playoffs that the CFL game can still be very aesthetically pleasing. Um, we didn't see a lot of that during the regular season. The issue to me is that defenses are able to just sit back in zones and drop seven or eight men into coverage. And as long as that happens, you're going to get teams nickel and diming their way underneath and running the ball and doing things and trying to move the ball down the field incrementally. And even in, in an entertaining Grey Cup like we saw yesterday, or at least the toward the end it was entertaining you didn't see a lot of over the top plays there was the one there was the one deep pass that that but, but even that was an, on an underthrow nobody's really going over the top you've got to find a way to dis discourage defenses from from uh going into that zone that just pretty much puts an umbrella uh on on over an offense and just basically eliminates the big plays and uh that's that's the issue rv we have one minute left I enjoy any time I see you in the press box at the Brand Center for Regina Pats games. You've watched Connor Bedard now live multiple times. Surprised or not that he's made the World Junior Team for Canada at uh, 16 years of age? Not a bit. Nothing Connor Bedard does surprises me. Even though there's, he's averaging a point a game in the Western Hockey League, he was averaging close to two points per game as a 15-year-old, albeit over a, you know, I think in a different type of game played within the, within the hub. Um, He's just so ridiculously talented. And he also has a sense of the occasion. And uh, he's 16 going on 23. Nothing he does will surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go there and, 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 and not necessarily be dominant because there's a lot of very talented players there. But I don't expect to be... I remember when Jeff Friesen went there one year with the Pats. I think he was, went there as a 17-year-old as a and barely even played. I don't think we're going to see a Jeff Friesen situation with uh, with Connor Bedard, even though he's 16, I think he's going to go in there and not necessarily be a two goal a game player. But uh, I don't think you can take a player of that caliber and sit him on the bench. If you're going to do that, you might as well just send him back to Major Junior. So obviously they have plans for him, and if they're giving him important ice time, I would expect him to respond and enjoyably, entertainingly. So this will bring a smile to your face. Lastly, RV from John Frenzy regarding Connor Bedard, greatest pat ever. You never know with Lynch if it's a comment or a question, right? And I said, John, he probably won't go down in history as the greatest Pat ever, and that's okay. Because he's not he going to be around time. long enough to put up. He won't have time. He won't be around long enough, but he'll be in there. He'll be one of the RV. Not near long enough, but we do have to break. Thanks for this, man. Happy holidays. Good seeing you. Yes, absolutely. Same to you, Rod, and uh, happy holidays and everything to your audience and all Floridians. Hello, Joy Walters, if you're watching in Orlando. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. The great Rob Vanstein with us. Taco Time viewer takeover is next in hour two. Nick Lewis and Adam Big Hill live celebrating still with the Grey Cup. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
It is taco time, viewer takeover time. And by the way, online ordering is available. Try it today and get a free burrito on your very first order. Use promo code FREEBURRITO when you sign up. Again, it's taco time, viewer takeover. And by the way, with Stacey Champagne of the Sweatpants Capital, who won the comment of the week last week from Taco Time, it's a $50 gift card we ship out to you. Stacy Champagne was last week's winner. Uh, and I'm going to jump to the text line right now. You can write us. You see the number on the screen, 902-518-3033. Hey, Moose said the text jingle was going to be ready to roll today. You guys got it? You guys oh, got it? Oh, no. Mark says no. Um, so maybe next hour? The Doc is watching on Game Plus TV in San Francisco, where they carry Game Plus television on TDS cable. He says, good Monday, guys. Hamilton got out coached. Dumb calls. Moose, you should think about all nurses and doctors that try to keep us alive when you want the hockey team to go to the Olympics. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't take a turn down COVID town, down COVID drive, did you? Oh, no. Uh, Doc Turner, which to me, that's the writer's name, the viewer's name. Sounds like a character from Back to the Future. No? Approved. Because the poll question today, the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, will the NHL send players to the Olympics? And 63% of respondents on Twitter say, no, the NHL will not send players to the Olympics. 63% say no. What, what's the YouTube? Do you have a running count? 52% uh, say yes. How about that? I'll tell you what. Come on. We're going to talk about doctors and nurses now with COVID. I don't, I don't. I did not even expect to be going there today on that conversation. John in St. Albert, Alberta, watching on Game Plus TV. Says, your thoughts on the CFL going to four downs? You know, we can bring this around. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute. Four downs. Like, why? Twice this hour already, I've planted the flag and said, no. Not while I'm alive will the CFL go to four downs. Why do they even talk about this? But having said that, they've done so many stupid things over the years. I probably should not have made that guarantee. But why? Why would you do that? Monday, December 13th, Rod Peterson says, not during his lifetime will the CFL go to four downs. Do you not agree? We'll kick that around next hour. It's a very special hour coming up, brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beer. The Hall of Famer Nick Lewis will be with us with his thoughts on the 108th Grey Cup. Adam Big Hill, maybe he'll have the Grey Cup trophy with us live from Burlington, Ontario. And the moves in after this break coming up on Game Plus TV. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.